And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the third time that I'm doing this stupid intro, so I swear to God. The GoPro is acting up on me. I've had it for maybe six, seven years. It was what I established in the in the, in the second intro that I did for this show. Uh, it's What was I talking about? So I was just, for the third time, I want to bring this up. Yeah, this, is, this means nothing to any of you. Third time, because I've been doing this for about five minutes now. Third time bringing this up. GoPro is crapping out on me for some reason. The battery is full. Uh, it's got two and a half hours left on this SD card. I don't know what's going on. It's an old GoPro Hero 3. Anyway, I was talking about Squarespace and how Squarespace is now charging, instead of $10 per month or $144 per year, they're charging, or like $96 per year, I think I got the math wrong on that, they're charging something along the lines of either $16 per month or $18 per month for basic things that they had for free. And so that is the reason why Seabless Comedy was down the website if you went there. And now that is the reason uh, I, I apparently paying for the mid-tier still doesn't give me code blocks, so I can't put the YouTube videos up there. Uh, for now, so I have to wait until I get a, my first, well, my second paycheck from this job so that I could afford a friggin' year subscription and use gosh darn code blocks. First Squarespace and now this stupid GoPro. Okay. I'm just waiting for this thing to crap out of me. Listen, here's the thing. If this thing craps out on me, we're not going to do video for the rest of this stupid show. <laughs> okay. And I'll just put a picture up of me just like smiling like a just like a little heart. Anyway. Let's get on with this stupid show because this GoPro's gonna crap out of me again, I know it. Uh last night was a very special showing called called Live in Front of a Studio Audience, Norman Lear's All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Uh it was wonderful. And actually, I'm gonna let's see. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look up. No, first of all, Norman Lear is 96 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> let's really discuss that. James Burroughs directed. James Burroughs. Jimmy Burroughs is one of the uh, best direct sitcom directors of all time. Uh, so who is who is the stars of this thing? All right, let me name the stars of this. We got Woody Harrelson. We got Marissa Tomei. Ike Barinholtz. Ellie Kemper. I'm doing this all the top of my head. Uh, Jamie Foxx. Wanda Sykes, uh, the black kid from, um, uh, uh, Jesus, Leftovers, and Anthony Anderson, Jennifer Hudson, and then um, Jack K. Robinson. I think it's just Jack K. I I know her as Jack K. I don't know her last name. Oh, and Marla Gibbs was there as well, uh, because I think she's the last surviving member of that entire show. Oh, I mean, uh, of the Jeffersons. (laughs) No, it's not say all in the family, because she was... I don't think in all the family. Anyway, it was a great, it was a great special. I think I have like 10, 15 minutes left in the Jefferson portion. Uh, and what it was, it was just those two casts performing two episodes of All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Norman Lear was there. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel hosted it. It was truly, truly nothing spectacular, but something that we needed. The uh, but I think one of the one of the, one of my issues, if I had to take away something bad from it which I hate doing, but if I had to take away anything bad from negative from it, it's that none of the scripts were updated and those are timely shows uh, for their time and they're timely for shows for now, but it would have been great to see updated scripts like something that would stand out if since they're doing like, it. I mean, of course it was, you know, Ellie Kemper's character. Uh, she was, 
Archie's daughter. Woody Harrelson played Archie Bunker, so uh, he, she was Archie's daughter, and there's a lot of feminist stuff in there. But that was, but that again, this is a script from the 1970s. It would have been great if they. I, I know it. I know it applies to today, but it was good. It was good nonetheless. It was a really. Oh my gosh. Whew, boy, that was it. Was very funny. Um, the uh, Jamie Fox messed up a line. A lot of people messed up lines. Jamie Fox messed up a line, uh, liner three, <laughs> and he called it out. And it was so funny. He called it out live TV, and it was good. He's a very funny man. Very talented. Really talented. Uh, every single one of those people were talented. Um, they got really good ratings. I think it was ABC's best ratings in twelve years for something like that. So that's crazy. I just got a text message. Uh, let's see what it says. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is <laughs> weird text message I got. Any hoosers. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, it's about, it's a text message about me. Kerry Washington was there. Wolf Ferrell too. And Stephen Tobolaski. I knew I was forgetting people. Uh, it was a text message about staying somewhere this weekend for the friend. Anyway. Uh, great. Check it out. Uh, Howard Stern. Moving on to the next topic. Just no segue here. Because I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for this. The GoPro's doing pretty well for now. <laughs> Not going to win. Uh, Howard Stern released a new book called uh, Howard Stern Comes Again. Very funny boy, buddy. And uh, I just listened to this week's episode of Conan O'Brien. He's a friend. I listened to it at the gym, funnily enough, because they weren't, they, weren't they weren't telling jokes. They were just telling you know stories and getting really deep. Howard Stern and Conan. And, uh, you, you know... And, and Stern's been doing the uh, the circuit, the press circuit. You know, he's been on Fresh Air with Terry Gross, and she confronted him about uh, all the stupid things that he said when he was young. Um, so oh, there we go. It's uh, he he's he's a he's such a good speaker. He's such a good interviewer. He's one of the best in the world. And I really want to get the book. Also, Pete Holmes's book, Comedy Sex God, came out. Comedy, period, sex, period, God, period. He's not a comedy sex God. <laughs> uh, so I want to get both of those. They're both very funny white dudes. Schlubby white dudes. Well, one's a schlubby white dude. One's Howard Stern. All right, moving on. I want to get to the uh, topics at hand. Let's just go out of order here. YouTube wants to get Will Smith an Emmy nomination. So, last year, why does this look so tiny? It's, oh, God, it's the mobile version. I'm sorry. I'm not going to change the thing, though. Well, hold on. Maybe I can change it. Let's see. Too big. Yay. All right. So uh, Will Smith started uploading uh, YouTube videos last year because I guess he was bored or something. And and they have been doing, they were they did well. So well. That YouTube, I think in like the first or maybe I think the first video, but definitely the second video, they YouTube started branding his or Will Smith started branding his videos as YouTube originals. You know the thing that YouTube Red was for that they ended, <laughs> uh, but YouTube originals and and now since since they're under that moniker of YouTube originals, and he has done this show for so long, you know in the last television season, it's eligible for Emmy, cons- Emmy consideration. So what they did was, this is from Variety, written by my good friend, Michael Schneider. Damn. Oh, did I just curse? No, who cares? <laughs> they have like, <laughs> this is a clean show, even though I say a lot of dirty stuff on here sometimes. They have, they have like five writers of writing. So they cut it up into eight episodes, 
ranging from 2 minutes and 36 seconds to 24 minutes and 16 seconds. And they're, I think they're essentially what they're calling it is a short, yeah, short form mysteries. So there's eight episodes. It was, and it was all about the bungee jumping. It was, it was such a, it's, it made it, they made it seem like a season. It was all about his bungee jumping and all the stuff that he was doing leading towards his 50th birthday and then the stuff after that. And then, and uh, so there we go. And he's an executive producer on Cobra Kai season two. They're trying to get that man an Emmy. Uh, he doesn't have an Emmy. He has, let's see, let me see what award nominations he has. He has five Golden Globes. Nominated for two Academy Awards. I think one was Ali. I don't think it was, you can hear sirens outside. And one Screen Actors Guild Award. And has won four Grammys out of eight nominations. But the primetime Emmy is the thing that he's not gotten. He hasn't even gotten a nomination before. It's very crazy. So we'll see if we can do that. Emmys are coming up in September this fall. Let me just kiss the mic. That's the name of an episode I did a long time ago. A long time ago, like two weeks ago. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on down. Let's see. Let's just go out of order. I'm, I'm just going to break the rules. Let's do two Disney stories really quick. Uh, this come, One comes from the Hollywood Reporter. This one's a, a mobile one, too. I don't know how to change this one. This comes from Kyle Hilton. Older, broader, edgier. What to expect from Hulu under Disney's control. Now, this is a very interesting article. I urge you to check it out. This is talking about what Bob Iger was talking about, having having purchased fully purchased their shares of I think it was Comcast shares of uh, this microphone keeps slipping down and it is making me so gosh darn mad. I just did that. I just moved the chair over. Okay, this is very professional of me, and I do not apologize. I do not apologize. Speaking uh, at an investor conference, oh god, it just it got lower. <laughs> I have an idea. This is the most professional episode of this show I've ever done. Speaking at an investor conference, an hour after news broke that Disney had agreed to a five-year plan to buy out Comcast's thirty-three percent interest in Hulu, Iger ticked off several opportunities, including launching Hulu abroad and bundling service with Disney's other new offerings, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. Iger's talk of synergies, he, po- he posited that ad sales and technology could eventually be consolidated, suggests cuts may be coming as Disney brings Hulu into a streaming business. So the words, uh, I think I talked about synergies the last time I covered this, uh, especially with the Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. I think what they're going to try to do, and if they're talking, if they're talking about cutting, if they're talking about cuts, I think what we're going to try to do is not have as many acquisitions as, say, a Netflix does, or as an Amazon does, or currently what Hulu does. You know what streaming networks do. Uh, what I've been arguing against, Netflix should stop doing, even as recently as last week, I believe. They're going to stop. With, they're going to slow down the acquisitions and start making, start pumping out more originals, especially since they have uh, a this money. And B, they have another company uh, like Comcast to help them out. They're going to try to be exclusive homes for places where, you know, they share a couple of movies, you know, like the Power Rangers movie with Amazon or Epics, for instance. They, they share a couple of Transformers movies, but they, I think they want to be the exclusive home to things. Maybe to like Nickelodeon shows or Cartoon Network shows. Who knows? 
but we'll see. If they're talking about synergy. Um, okay. Most visible changes at Santa Monica-based Hulu will likely be in the programming on the service, which offers both on-demand and live content depending on how much customers want to pay. Though it has a stable originals, including a bunch of other stuff, its output has been less than frequent than that of Netflix, known for dropping a new series or three each Friday. They've been doing that, and that's been a, that's been consistent since. Even if it's a show that they acquired and they're calling it new, a Netflix original, that's been consistent for maybe like three years now. Because I remember they they used to want to do. A co- for one year they did a comedy special every single Tuesday and I don't know how they did that but now they do a comedy special every single <laughs> freaking minute but the number of originals is expected to grow with programming oriented around per one well placed Disney insider being an quote older broader edgier streaming counterpart to a family friendly Disney plus I don't think I don't know if they really need that uh, I really wish they left The Simpsons on Hulu. I wish they would have. I wish they would put The Simpsons on Hulu rather than Disney Plus. But there's no fighting that. And I don't. I don't think. I don't think The Simpsons is family friendly. To be, to be completely fair. I mean, but so I wonder what kind of shows they're going to be. They're going to be aiming for. Uh, are they going to be? And these are going to be the Marvel shows, I assume. Or uh, the edgier Marvel shows, you know, where if they were to pick up Daredevil and uh, Jessica Jones in a couple of years and uh, Luke Cage and Deadpool, God, Iron Fist, if they were to pick up those shows, which I don't think they can touch from Netflix in a, in a, for, uh, for like three years, so by 2022 at least, if they were going to do those shows, those shows would be on Hulu. Um, a show like Legion that's on FX that's coming to an end executives are also telegraphing increased alignment between Hulu and the newly acquired FX brand quote the possibilities of a platform like Hulu which has so many more subscribers than FX's standalone service that's true is much more exciting than trying to scale up our own says CEO John Langraff he's excited to be part of this <laughs> he's like yeah baby I like Landgraf. He's he's one of the he's one of the few executives that I know by name and I like. Uh, there we go. It, this is a good article. Check it out. Right now, they are there's a, there's a graph at the end of this article. Uh, you can't miss it. It's called how how Disney plans to scale streaming subscribers. They're projecting. Okay, well, they're not. It's not really describing how it's going to happen, but they're projecting by 2024 they're going to have between 60 and 90 million subscribers. ESPN Plus will go from right now it's at 2 million to 2024 it's going to be 8 to 12 million, and then Hulu's right around 27 million right now, and that's going to go uh, 40 to 60 million. Expect to reach profitability as early as 2023, and again, which is that's a very important thing because uh, no streaming service is profitable. They're bleeding money, especially Netflix. Netflix is burning cash left and right, burning as much cash as MoviePass, <laughs> uh, except for Spotify. Spotify is the only one that reached profitability this year. I want to say that they're the only. Yeah, I would say they're the only streaming company. 
because I haven't heard anything from Pandora. Uh, Apple Music has got to be losing money. <laughs> um, Google Play Music doesn't have money in the first place. That's why the app is so crappy. And Deezer, I don't know. I don't know the specifics of that title. Cannot be doing well. Netflix is losing money, of course. Amazon, Crackle, all of them. Sony's Crackle. Just close that mess down. Crackle, I was on Crackle a couple of weeks ago, and I was just I wanted to see what shows they had. And there's a show called Super Mansion. It's a um it's a it's a stop motion animation show starring Brian Cranston as an elderly superhero. And and he leads a super team, whatever. <laughs> and I think that show's been going on for and I remember watching the first episode like four years ago. So that show's been going on for a very long time. Which is very interesting to me. That's the only show on Crackle I think that's still going. I think they had one a show with Martin Short. Let's see. I'm not doing anything. Crackle.com. Is it is it SonyCrackle.com? If I go if I type in crackle.com, surely they own the domain. Yeah, it's SonyCrackle.com. Who is coming here? Who is who is lo- who's turning on their uh, their uh, Roku or Apple TV and going, man, oh man, do I need to watch Crackle? Now they have the new show, or okay, I think they have because Sony produces the new. Bad Boy spinoff, L.A.'s Finest, starring Gabriel Union and Jessica Alba. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a Spectrum show. I think it's only on Charter Spectrum. Oh, that's just beeped at me. It's telling me to walk. No big deal. But now they have, okay, so they have original shows. called One's called The Oath. It's on season two. Another one's called the, it's called Startup. It's on season three. Jesus. And Supermansion, of course, is on season three. Episode 15. Rob Riggle's got a show on here. <laughs> They've got they've got movies that are produced for here. Oh my gosh, Sony Crackles Originals. <laughs> oh wow, Tiffany Ash is in a movie on this. Leah Remini. It's called Mad Families. If you want to watch that, they have That's My Boy, Zombieland. <laughs> Who is what? All in the Family. This is where All in the Family went and bewitched. And Archie Bunker's place. The spinoff to All in the Family after Edith dies. Archie Bunker opens up a. Uh, I think it's a bar. Concussion. Oh my gosh, the movie Concussion. Jerry Maguire. <laughs> I'm very interested in this. A Funimation channel. Ooh, I like anime. I like I like dubbed anime. Okay, let's get on. Is that Rupert Grint? <laughs> Is he in the show called Startup? What? What? <laughs> Billy Lynn's ha- long halftime walk. Oh my gosh, I remember when that came out. I didn't know it was a movie about a war veteran. Then I found out, and I was like, all right, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> Look at that. Sony Crackle is very interesting. <laughs> Let's move on <laughs> to the next Disney story. Uh, Disney remakes won't stop. This comes from Fortune.com. I did not get a chance to read this one all the way through. Oh, I have two Fortune stories. Look at me. Look at me reading Fortune. This is from, from uh, Matthew Katz. Uh, basically saying, he's basically writing that uh, these movies will not stop coming. The Aladdin one's coming out, I think, this weekend or next weekend. Whenever this episode comes out, this the movie's coming out. Dumbo did really well, uh, but they didn't do it. Dumbo didn't do as well as Beauty and the Beast, which grossed about one point two six billion dollars on a hundred and sixty million dollar budget, which is good, <laughs> which is real good. But who wants to watch Dumbo again? Who was sitting there and thinking, 
Dumbo's my favorite movie, my favorite Disney film. I want to see it again. I was hoping that I hope they had those racist birds in there, uh, but Disney won't say that they uh, that racism exists. That they hate that they were racist. Uh, people are excited for this Lion King. The new Aladdin is. I don't think the all right. So the the Aladdin early tracking survey. Sh- uh, this is from the Fortune article. Show that the movie will probably make at least eighty million dollars domestically over the opening weekend. This comes from Variety. I don't, th- but I don't. I don't think that's true. I think enough people are complaining about this genie thing that they're gonna that they're gonna boycott seeing this movie. But then they're gonna watch it, you know, in a week or two. I don't think it's gonna open well. Uh, and apparently, I read a review for it on Variety, which I don't do. I don't. Re- I don't read reviews anymore. I stopped reading reviews a long time ago. But uh, apparently, it's it's the same movie. But it's written by John August, co-written by John August. So I like him. I listen to his podcast every, well, mostly every week. There's sometimes they topics I'm like, nah, I'm gonna skip that. <laughs> but these movies aren't gonna stop as long as people continue to pay to see them. They're not gonna stop. Uh, remember the direct to this is I'm reading a paragraph here. It says the direct to video movies made a healthy profit, but they came at a price. According to Ellis, they cheapened the sacred Disney brand, which is true. There were in the early 2000s, they used Disney used to make so many sequels to then that people wanted, but they didn't want on straight to DVD. There was like I think two other Mulans. I distinctly remember Mulan 2 when uh, Mulan is officially a princess or whatever and there's a part where she's riding in a carriage with three other women who are princesses or something like that and uh, those three guys (laughs) one's played by Harvey Firestein (laughs) Uh, you know the one that talks like this Um, they fall in love with their own princesses so I thought I remember that I remember that distinctly and I remember I don't think Eddie Murphy's in that Cinderella 2, I remember that one. I remember these commercials. They're steered in my brain. Uh, what else? I remember Fox and the Hound had a sequel. <laughs> Fox and the Hound 2. <laughs> Pinocchio had a sequel. So all these movies had sequels. But yes, this person is correct. Disney did, was cheapened by the fact that these direct-to-DVD movies, uh, direct-to-video, excuse me, VHS. Here's the thing. Uh, yesterday, I was getting water in one of our break rooms at work, and uh, an editor came in. And I work close with the editors. Like I, I basically I I watch their work and then I give it back to them if there's an issue. So an editor comes in and he goes, "How are you liking the job?" I'm like, and I, and I respond, "Yes, it's great. I'm, I'm enjoying. It. I'm watching a lot of westerns, and westerns are, uh, some of them are good." And, and he's like, "He's like, ah, you've never seen those before." <laughs> and I I really hate when people who are slightly older than you, people who aren't even like in their and old than me is like 70, 80 at this point, you know, in my life. But I hate when people who are like just, you know, 10, 15 years older than you, they think that they have, they, they came from this entirely different planet. And this guy goes, uh, he's, he says something. He's like, I, I remember I mentioned like watching like an, an older movie, like a movie from like the nineties or something. Cause I had to do for work. And he's like, yeah, man, something about, and he said something about VHSs or Betamax. And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, yeah. You, you know, just some of these are transfers from VHSs and Betamax. Oh, but you don't know about that. And then I was like, and then in my head, I go, I go, how old do you think I am? <laughs> Cause I'm pretty sure VHSs and Betamax were around <laughs> when I was a baby <laughs> and a toddler and a child in the nineties uh, and, uh, in the 90s and uh 
and and I go and I just I, without like without you know cracking sarcasm or like having attitudes, I I go no 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 I know what those are. And he goes, well, you learned that from the internet, and I was like, no, <laughs> these things existed. He's like, you've never used them before. <laughs> like he was trying to prove that he was. Uh, older than me and he knew more than me when I, I gen, like this is why I never tell people my age because I think that's so stupid especially and yeah and if I did learn that from the internet then I, that's how it you know that's how eight tracks that's how I know what eight tracks are uh, if I did learn that from the internet who gives a flying crap this doesn't make sense I don't know, that's the title of this episode who gives a flying crap he's about crap wrong Spelled the V rap. <laughs> Let's finish up so I can go to sleep. It is now eight dollars and forty six cents. It is eight forty six. Oh no, I have two more. I have two more stories to go. Uh, one of the they're both going to be pretty long, so we'll see what happens. Uh, let's go with the let's go with another fortune album. Album fortune album. AT and T has become a new kind of media giant. Now, this is the one I read. This is the one that got me on a fortune kick. Uh, written by Jeff Colvin. I read it. This Today's the 23rd, so I read it on the 21st. Or no, the 22nd, excuse me. It came out on 21st. So this is, we're in a post-Game uh, of Thrones world. AT&T purchased, well, they were interested in Turner, excuse me, Warner Media. <laughs> they were interested in Warner Media two years ago, I believe. They started their, they started this. Uh, deal two two and a half years ago, and then they completed it the, a couple of months ago. Because the world, uh, they preach that they don't like monopolies, and then everybody just lets this go through. I just don't understand it. I'm not gonna get on my high horse right now, but anyway, Disney, Fox. Anyway, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm just saying we should get some people of color up in these ranks, women and men. So uh, we're in a post-Game of Thrones world. AT&T bosses have said, we want another Game of Thrones. You give us more Game of Thrones. HBO's getting on it, and they're also going to try to compete with Netflix, which they don't have to, but whatever. Uh, I don't think, and by by have to, I I truly don't believe that they are, they don't have to force themselves in a battle with Netflix. Uh, I think they have, they have so many channels, and they appeal to so many different people. Um, which is very strange because they keep they keep shutting shows off of like TNT and putting it on TBS for some reason, just for, or USA, and it doesn't make sense for me, to me at all. Um, who owns USA? I think that's Comcast. I think I don't know. I don't know these channels. No, they don't. They don't own. Uh, yeah, USA is owned by different people. I don't know, but they have all these different channels and they just do this crap. Uh, but now they, they you don't have to you don't have to force yourself in a battle with Netflix. People have uh, the people who are going to spend money on multiple things will spend money on multiple things. So now AT and T, they have to run this phone business and they have to run this media empire. They don't have a phone empire, I don't think. <laughs> they have a media empire. Uh, they have 170 million distribution points that they can push through. This comes from, uh, sorry, I just saw his name. His last name is Stevenson. Uh, AT&T Chief Randall Stevenson, who I don't think knows what he's doing. <laughs> I think that AT&T purchased this, and then they have DirecTV and DirecTV Now, and then that's doing so poorly. They bought DirecTV in 2015 for $67 billion, and Time Warner for $104 billion. 
Wow, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of cashish. Apparently, the grand vision begins with combining all three major elements of the media and telecom business, which no company has done before. Time Warner's film and TV studios make some of the most successful and honored entertainment anywhere. And this, this is where the uh, distribution points come in. So, again, when Disney said they're going to do some synergistic work, AT&T 2 will also do synergy. We'll also perform some synergy stuff. Some synergy energy, baby. There we go. That's the title. Synergy energy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> that's the title. The other one wasn't a good title. This is a good title. Also, I deleted the other one. <laughs> I don't remember what it says. Who gives a crap? Who gives a rap is what I typed. The next immediate step in the transformation, likely the biggest and most visible step, will be to introduce a video-on-demand internet streaming service, a Netflix competitor, in this year's fourth quarter. AT&T says the new service eventually will include original content, HBO, movies from multiple studios, and library content from HBO and Warner Brothers. And that's where I think, so if it's going to contain, it's either going to, all right, so this is where it gets a little contradictory. It says HBO and library content from HBO. So um, it's either going to be HBO Plus, <laughs> yeah, I guess HBO Plus, uh, or it's going to be stuff with HBO. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of HBO shows that are on Amazon Prime right now. You can get all of The Wire, ha- I think like two thirds of Veep, I think like seasons one through three or four, something like that. You can get a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff from. I've been talking for a long. <laughs> You know the thing is I've been doing I'm doing this show and sometimes when I talk I exit my body and I can see myself. I'm looking at, it's like transcendental meditation except I'm just talking. I can see myself looking at this camera, looking at the laptop and just going on, rattling on. And then there's like a ghost a ghost apparition of me going, Oh my god, what is he doing? <laughs> Why is he doing this? AT and T's got a whole lot of stuff up their sleeves. But I don't think again, they I know a streaming service is coming out of this because they still have they have the Warner Media streaming service which is coming, and uh, then they're gonna have whatever this is. So that's two. That's another streaming service on top of DC Universe, and then Directv Now, which is their cable offering, essentially their online cable offering. I don't think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and then there's then there's just like a a thing about his career. Uh, you should check it out. It's a very it's a very good article profile on AT&T currently. Oh, it's going to be in the 2019 issue of, uh, June 2019 issue of Fortune. Definitely check it out. Alright, I got a last thing coming up here. This one is called Oh, you I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. There's an article from The Wrap and it's now in The Wrap Pro, which means you have to sign up for The Wrap just to read it. A dollar a day for member access. It was an article called Roku versus Amazon, the battle for streaming device supremacy heats up. They closed me out of it. <laughs> Those jerks. They, it was free for a little bit. It was free for a couple. I knew it was going to be. All right, anyway, uh, it was just talking about how Roku and Amazon are battling each other because the Fire Stick is doing well, apparently, and Roku's streaming stick is doing well, too. Whatever. Who cares? Now, listen, if you like what you heard here, head on the website, seedlesscounty.com. It'll be updated at some point. If you want to see me do the show live, not on stage, not in person, but on YouTube, head over to the webpage, youtube.com slash people's comedy. Put it on in the background. It'll be like I'm sitting right next to you. This is episode 110. 
110. This is 110. I've been doing this on video since episode 64, I believe. 60-something. So that's a lot. It's almost twice as many. <laughs> it's crazy. And then also, this episode 110, I've been doing this show for two years. Man, that's insane. I can't believe it. Uh, also on YouTube.com slash People's Comedy, there is News Time premiere show. I love it so much. This week's episode, <laughs> oh crap, I forgot. This week's episode is about, I remember I shot it sitting over there in front of the TV, in front of the Xbox and the PlayStation, and I put a disc in there. It's about something. I think it's about TV shows. <laughs> oh, God. Next week's episode is about Gail King, and then the week after that, it's about Luminary Podcast service. Nobody watched this show, so I can say all that stuff. Listen, thank you so much for listening. I very much appreciate it. You're the best. I love you. Oh, subscribe to the... <laughs> Subscribe to this show. Subscribe to youtube.com slash people's comedy. Uh, subscribe to Fate. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at people's comedy. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at people's comedy. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at chat black white. Thank you so much. You're the best. Goodbye.